Hello Bethel Church. I am standing here next to the ancient city of Corinth. If you look behind me, you can see up on the hillside is the ancient Acropolis of Corinth, where the temple to Aphrodite was and all of the temple uh, prostitutes. And down below we have the, uh, the city itself. And we have, you see the columns here, which are the columns of the temple of Apollo. And we have just got done seeing all of the ruins from this city. And of course, this has been exciting for us because we have been studying the, uh, the, the book of 1 Corinthians for two and a half years now. And in the good providence of God, uh, it worked out that uh, we were on this trip visiting the city of Corinth here at the end of the series. And so I am going to conclude uh, our series in 1 Corinthians here from Corinth. And I have a few final comments from our series I would like to share with you. The first thing I'd like to say is uh, a thank you. This has been a long series. We've been in it for two and a half years. We have had 76 weekends of messages from 1 Corinthians. And the church has hung in there and has been with me. It's been a delight to me week in and week out to stand in front of the church and to know that there were eager hearts who wanted to hear what God's Word had to say. And I see this as a part of a church that has a high view of Scripture, that all of it is inspired, and we want to know what God has to say to us. And we have learned so much from 1 Corinthians this year. Today we conclude the series. My final comments really center on the fact that here we are at the edge of the city of Corinth. And if you were to look around, if you could see what we have seen, you would possibly be struck with the fact that there once was a church here. Now by church, I don't mean building. I mean a community of faith, a community of people that the Apostle Paul spoke most affectionately to. He called them brothers. Uh, he loved them. And there once was a church here. And this church, of course, as we've learned, is a notorious church in church history. It had chronic problems that, that we have studied throughout this series. And those include, they were all the time following men and wanting to be man followers rather than identifying themselves with Christ. There were divisions in the church of all different kinds and they would, uh, they would fight about anything and everything was a hill to die on. Of course, there was rampant sexual immorality, both in the city and, sadly, as well in the church. They were not reconciling with one another. In fact, even suing one another within the church. We spent a long time talking about confusion, about marriage and singleness and what God's purposes were in both of those. There was great confusion about those. We also spent a long time talking about Christian liberty and how there are some things that good people will disagree on and have different conscientious positions on and that the strong are not to flaunt their freedom and the weak are not to judge the strong. There were gender issues and what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman and we saw that in chapter 11. Confusion about the Lord's Supper. We spent a long time on spiritual gifts and there was an overemphasis in this church on the public gifts, the more spectacular gifts. 
And then, of course, there were doctrinal issues, which we have studied here with the resurrection in chapter 15. And so all of these together, we see that this was a church that had incredible problems and that goes down in history as being one of the most dysfunctional churches of all time. And so it's easy for us, I think, to do a series like this and to pick up our stones and to want to throw stones at these Corinthians and to say, can you believe those people were like that? Can you believe that they were so schismatic? Can you believe that they were so self-centered? Can you believe that they were so uh, bringing the culture into their church? And to miss the real question that I would like to ask here at the end of our series, and that is, why did the Holy Spirit decide to include 1 Corinthians in the canon of Scripture? We know that Paul wrote four letters to the Corinthians. Uh, He didn't include the first letter, and he didn't include the third letter, but he did include the second letter, which we call 1 Corinthians. Why did God have this letter in the canon of Scripture. And it seems to me that the reason that he did this was that the Corinthian church is gone. There once was a church here. That church is gone. Those people uh, are dead. Those problems in this church are no longer there because there is no church in Corinth today. But the spirit of Corinth lives on. And the problems that they experienced live on in the church. And so God included this letter, not so that we could learn more about them, but by learning about them, we could learn more about ourselves. And to understand that the same spirit and the same inclination towards these kinds of problems exist within our own church. And it seems to me that if we don't apply the lessons that we've learned here uh, in our series on 1 Corinthians, that it will not be very long before the Bethelonians will look a lot like the Corinthians. And the Holy Spirit obviously does not want that to happen. And it seems to me that this is the legacy of the church, is not whether these messages linger on in the bookstore or linger on on the website, but whether or not the lessons that we've learned in this series live on in our hearts and shape the way that we relate to one another, shape the way that we view the church, shape the way that we relate to God himself. That's the legacy that we want. And I have one final thought to share with you. A few moments ago, we had a tour of this site and we stood before what was known as the Bema seat here in Corinth. And we know that the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians took that Bema seat Uh, concept and applied it to the future judgment, the judgment seat of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says this, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. And friends, I want to emphasize, there once was a church here. Again, these people, they're dead, they're gone, They're on to their reward, their service and their sacrifice. It's all done. They can add nothing to the judgment of Christ. But here we are now. We're still alive. Bethel Church is still here. We still have the opportunity to serve our Lord, which means that we have the opportunity 
to invest in this life and to be rewarded in the next. And it's my desire that every single person in our church, when they stand before Christ and give an account for their life, that we will have lived lives then, we'll live lives now that then we will be glad that we did. The Bema Seat Judgment of Christ. Someday I wonder if possibly there would be some group that would tour. Let's say it's 2,000 years in the future and there's a group of people that are touring around and they, they stop uh, they stop in northwest Indiana, and maybe uh, a guy stands in front and he says, you know what, there once was a church here. And let me tell you about this church. And he describes what Bethel Church was all about. I wonder what he would have to say. I wonder what our legacy will be someday. And so, Bethel, I just want to say it's been a privilege to open God's Word for these, uh, these messages for these two and a half years from 1 Corinthians. Thank you for being eager to do the Word of God. And I want to conclude the entire series with the last words that Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians. He said this, My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen.